It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, the latest on the Carl Anthony Towns of the Knicks rumor, Fred Katz of The Athletic, had some comments on the Knicks level of interest in Cat and also what the Wolves could potentially be asking. Um, is there any possibility something like this were to happen? Also, Nas Reed has joined the USA Select team uh, that's working out the USA team that will be playing in FIBA. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then also Luca Garza gave an interview about training with Team Bosnia and a comment he made that could suggest some future plans for the Wolves. It's all coming to the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a fantastic weekend. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app, along with all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts. They're available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV if you download that app. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Again, it's the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. And also at my account, which is at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, so I want to start today with a bit more Carlton Towns talk. We haven't talked a lot about you know cat trade possibilities in a while. There's a reason for that because it hasn't really been like a, a pervasive rumor since the draft, since free agency here a few weeks ago. Um, and really, we haven't talked a whole lot about it on the show since Howard Beck was on right around the time of the draft when he talked about, um, used the the term that he would be shocked if Cat was still on the Wolves past next February's trade deadline. And we haven't talked as much about it because there haven't been any additional rumors. And there, there was a bit more that Fred Katz over at The Athletic put out there, of course, writing about the Knicks. And, and it was a a much larger piece that actually the, the title had to do with Joel Embiid because of Embiid's recent comments about wanting to win a championship wherever he needs to win a championship, whatever it takes, that whole thing that um, he gave the interview with uh, Maverick Carter about that. Um, but this article had, you know, some general Knicks um, speculation, right? And, and some, you know, obviously sourced from Fred Katz at The Athletic, source thoughts on what they may do. And there was a cat, a, a bit in here about Cat that I, I thought was noteworthy. Uh, and I'll just read what he said. It's it's just a couple of paragraphs. Um, again, this is Fred Katz at the Athletic. the The headline of the article is Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid to the Knicks. Why patience remains a priority in New York. The bit about Cat, he says, um, but this is he talks about how they the Knicks also had some interest in Zach Levine. Asking price was too high, et cetera, et cetera. Then he says, 
There are the Carl Anthony Towns rumors that fling around, if only because they are easy. Towns is a CAA client and was once represented by Rose, meaning Leon Rose, of course, in charge of the Knicks. Um, he's been running their front office now for the last three years or so, three plus years. Uh, Towns was once represented by Rose. Of course, he was Towns' former agent. Back when Rose ran CAA's basketball division. We know the deal by now. The Knicks go after the CAA guys. They did it with Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hartenstein and Josh Hart. And when they drafted Obi Toppin, they extended Julius Randle. They targeted uh, Donovan Mitchell. So people project every CAA client onto them. He doesn't even mention that Kat's from New Jersey and grew up a Knicks fan. And there's that. And of course, there's the Tibbs angle too. Uh, Katz goes on to say, but it's not like the Minnesota Timberwolves are trying to tear their team down. According to league sources who have talked business with them, the Wolves have set a sky high price on Towns too. Uh, basically say, you know, two as in uh, not that there's anyone else the Wolves have set a high price on, but um, referencing the Levine piece with the Bulls. He goes on to say, and according to another league source, in spite of what the constant speculation may tell you, the Knicks have not expressed any interest in trading for Towns. Okay. Now, there also was a report not too far before that that suggested that the Knicks did check in on Cat on draft night and that the um, that the Wolves basically were like, yeah, probably not. Um, and this Cat's, you know, I, th- I think the most noteworthy thing is it says the Wolves have set a, quote, sky high price on Towns. Now, this is how negotiating works, right? This is how trades work. Um, the Wolves, of course, are going to start with a high, even if they intend to trade him, even if the Timberwolves, and I suspect that they have all sorts of scenarios played out somewhere in their offices about like, uh, you know, what happens this, what would be, we be willing to do this offseason? What would we be willing to do at the deadline sitting here right now? Obviously, things can and will change. And what might we do next summer when his contract spikes to a higher percentage of the cap as the Supermax kicks in? Um, obviously, the price is going to be higher now than it would be later. Uh, that's one of the reasons why many believe the Timberwolves should explore trading Carl Anthony Towns now because they're able to ask for more. Because the earlier you trade for somebody, if you're the team receiving him, you get more of him, right? He's younger. You get uh, more more time with him now versus if you traded for him at the deadline. And uh, in general, like he's not coming off a great year, but it's not selling low, right? Cat is still entering the prime of his career, and there's a lot to like about Carl Anthony Towns as a player. So, of course, the Timberwolves have a high price. If he were, if it were a reasonable price, I suspect he may have been traded by now, right? Um, so that's not surprising, but it kind of underscores what I've been saying now for a while, which is I would be really surprised if the Wolves did trade him before the season, and that's especially the case now. Now, there are late offseason trades. We've seen it with you know uh, Ben Simmons and James Harden and all these guys that get traded in August and even into September in some cases. Uh, what was the the original James Harden trade? The Thunder to the, to the Rockets was like October, like right before the start of the regular season. So it could happen at any time, but this is generally a period where things slow down in general, and most of those trades have to do with guys asking out or in the case of James Harden, you know, a decade ago or whatever that was, almost a decade ago, that was simply because he, they weren't going to be able to reach an extension because the Thunder prioritized Serge Ibaka and uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook at the time. So it wasn't that Harden demanded to get out. It's that the Thunder said, hey, we better trade him now because he's not going to agree to this deal we're offering him. So there isn't really any of that strife in Minnesota, right? Like Towns has said he's happy he wants to be in Minnesota and the Wolves want to, frankly, I, I think they want to prove themselves right. I think Tim Connolly and Chris Finch both are going to enter this season with a chip on their shoulder saying like, hey, we talked all last summer and last fall and into the season and during the season about how we're going to make this thing with Rudy and Cat work or we went to made the trade otherwise. 
And now, in some ways, I wouldn't say they're a laughing stock, but there's a lot of people who look at this as one of the worst trades. It's only barely been a year, so it, it's absurd to say this yet, but one of the worst trades ever. And you better believe that Tim Connolly wants to prove himself right and and Chris Finch wants to prove himself right. And I don't think this flies in the face of anything, right? Like, I don't think you're missing out on anything by not trading Towns now. The only advantage to trading him now is that it, in theory, is easier because his contract hasn't spiked like it will next summer by $16 million more or whatever than he's getting now. And also, in theory, the asking price could be a little bit higher. But undoubtedly, the Timberwolves calculus is we need to see the Rudy and Cat thing play out. We need to see these guys with a healthy training camp and preseason and first part of the season together. And... If we need to blow it up at the deadline, the price could also be high at the deadline because team a team may be desperate to try and add a 40% from three shooting big man, a, a 2010 guy in Carl Anthony Towns. You could charge whatever you want on the trade market for Carl Anthony Towns at the trade deadline. That's the other piece of this is you always have that as a fallback. So um, this news from Nick's land isn't all that surprising. I want to talk a little bit more about that and, and just kind of... Um, reiterate my current stance and what I think the most likely cat scenario is since we haven't touched it in a little while. We'll do that next and then we'll move on to the Garza topic and the Nazari topic. So we'll do all of that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. You can play almost any sport at Prize Picks. It doesn't have to just be basketball. I know it's not basketball season right now. It is WNBA season. You can play WNBA. You could play uh, FIBA World Cup should be available there when that kicks off. And then, of course, MLB and all the other stuff that's ongoing. We're almost to football season. You can play all of it at prize picks. How do you play? It's really easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, again, almost any category in any sport, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best thing is that you're not competing against other people. There's no pro you know, fantasy players on here. It's just you versus the projections available. Again, almost any sport, you name it, they have it. Your entry can be made in less than 60 seconds. It really is that easy. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you, you guessed it, $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A big thank you once again for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day as we're going to keep talking about this Wolves offseason throughout the week. We're still daily throughout the rest of uh, the month, uh, which I guess is basically the rest of this week. So I want to do, we did a little Troy Brown Jr. on Friday. We did Shake Milton Thursday, but I want to dig a bit more into that and also propose rotation ideas, et cetera. Um, so we'll get to that here later in the week. Make sure you're you're tuned in, you're subscribed, following and all the good, that good stuff. And uh, again, we'll be here every day the rest of this week. All right. Um, the Carlton Towns thing. So my stance at this moment in time, you know, late July is still... I had said it was a 75-25 early at the start of the offseason in May. I said 75% chance Towns is on this team opening night. I'm thinking now that number is closer to 90%. Uh, I think there's a 90% probability he's on this roster on opening night. I would still say the odds of him being traded before next offseason, so basically 
you know, the rest of this offseason plus up until the deadline is probably still 75-25. He's still on the Wolves. I know that's different than what Howard Beck said. It's different than what some other national folks will tell you. I think that it's been underestimated just how much pride there is involved in the situation. And I don't mean this again. I want to I want to say kind of repeat what I said a, a minute ago. I'm not saying that like Tim Connolly is making the wrong decision and being too prideful by hanging on to Carl Anthony Towns. I think there's a healthy amount of like, hey, our conviction a year ago, our conviction nine months ago was that this pairing between Rudy and Cat will work. What's changed other than injuries and a 30-ish game sample size, right? Like, And also they've now further kind of pruned the roster the way that Tim Connolly envisions it. So I think that if the Wolves punted on this now, everyone would be like, okay, like say you get three quarters back, which is generous. Say you get three quarters back of essentially an asset to what you gave up for Rudy Gobert. We'd look at this and be like, you know, they gave away whatever the difference is, two picks and a, and a, you know, a season of Malik Beasley or a couple seasons of Jared Vanderbilt for what? For a one-year experiment with Rudy? Like punting on this, like the Wolves aren't sinking any additional assets into the Rudy Gobert experiment at this point, right? They're not doing anything else now that, that is harmful to them if the Rudy thing doesn't work out, right? They're not committing additional resources or assets to it. So there's no harm in running it back just like you tried to do last year. It's not even really running it back when they only played 28 regular season games together, right? So I completely get what Chris Finch, or excuse me, what Tim Connolly and, and I guess also Chris Finch are doing. I do think that if they were so convicted that this was going to work to make the trade in the first place and, you know, uh, I guess now, in a sense, they've doubled down by by re-upping Nas Reed. But if they were so convinced that this was going to work previously, why all of a sudden change your mind on that? Because you didn't even get a full season of of uh, you know of run at it. So I think standing pat now, which is effectively what they're doing, is the right move. And if this team's at five hundred or worse, or you know even within a couple games of five hundred at the trade deadline, perhaps then they can say, "Hey, look." We have a we have a sky high asking price for Carl Anthony Towns, but get him now. We're willing to trade him. That that's very possible, and it's a, a a pivot that absolutely is within the grasp of Tim Connolly and the Timberwolves front office. They could do this. They could pivot at the deadline fairly easily and trade Carl Anthony Towns. I still think that's available to them. I think that they they maybe don't plan on it, but plan on having that as an option. Um, depending on what happens in the first few months of the season. But at this point, I'm saying it's 90-10. 90% that Carlton Towns will be on the roster on opening night in fall of 2023, mid-October, whatever that is. That's what I believe. I still think it's 75%. He's on the roster post-trade deadline next February, whatever date the deadline in 2024 is. Um, but it's also a story we'll stay on top of. And if there are additional like actual rumors, like this Knicks, Fred Katz is a legit reporter. He's, he does a great job at The Athletic. This is important to keep tabs on what's being said. If there's other legit reports out there, be sure to cover them here at Lockdown Wolves and, and get uh, perspective from any teams. We've already done podcasts with the Warriors. We've done podcasts with the Knicks, you know, different teams that potentially could be interested in trading for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, we'll continue that throughout the summer as well. All right. A bit of news that came down. I think this was Saturday, maybe uh, related to uh, Nas Reed reported that, uh, let's see, who initially reported this? Um, I guess it was Woj, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Adrian Wojnarowski on, maybe it was Friday, like Friday, late Friday. Adrian Wojnarowski started reporting additional players that would be added to the Team USA, the select, Team USA select team, which a couple of years ago, prior to the uh, 
Olympics, actually, Anthony Edwards was involved and then ended up hurting his ankle and, and of course, just, uh, you know, was excused from the rest of the Team USA stuff. Now, this time around, Anthony Edwards actually on the squad playing in FIBA, not obviously not the Olympics this year, but in FIBA at the end of August. And the USA Select team includes Nas Reed now. So that was reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. And there's several kind of young up-and-coming players on that roster. Uh, Kate Cunningham's on it. Um, Trey Murphy from the Pelicans. Keegan Murray, rookie last year at the Kings. Jalen Williams from the Thunder. Chet Holmgren from the Thunder. Of course, Minnesota native. Uh, Peyton Pritchard. So a bunch of young, um, some rotation players on playoff teams. I mean, you look at, uh, obviously, Pritchard and and Keegan Murray and uh, the Thunder, I guess, were more of a play-in team. Jalen Green from the Rockets is on the squad. A lot of intriguing talent that are are playing USA Select, and and that's mostly scrimmaging against Team USA, right? So, uh, and there's always the possibility that somebody could get called up if there's injuries, et cetera, um, to the actual team before FIBA. So Nas is getting an opportunity. Basically, Nas and Chet Holmgren are are kind of the two bigs that are on on that roster, are the two true bigs um, that we know of at this point. So he's going to get some serious run in those in those scrimmages. And it was a little bit of a springboard in a way for Ant. And it's also, um, even if it's not this year, in addition to good overall professional development and, you know, playing against good competition in the summer, you know, all that good stuff, it's also could be a springboard for Nas in future years, just like it was for Ant, you know, two years ago to now, like, you know, I don't know if it's the Olympics in a couple of years or or what, but, or I guess that's next year. Um, But this could open doors for Nas moving forward to get another opportunity with Team USA, which is, which is great, you know, good on Nas for, for that. And uh, definitely feel happy for him to be kind of mentioned in the same breath. I mean, even a year ago, remember at the start of the season, Nas Reed was getting DNP CDs. He only played in like nine of the first 13 games last season. It was averaging like 10 minutes a game. And now he's on this roster with top draft picks like Jalen Green and Keegan Murray and Chet Holmgren. Um, that, that, is a testament again, just another kind of validation of how the Timberwolves developed him, and also obviously more Nas than anything else. Uh, the credit goes to Nas Reed for for becoming as coveted as a of a player as he was would have been on the free agent market, and then also now on the international stage because of how he reshaped his body and you know improved his uh, endurance and um, continued to to just be impressive with the ball in his hands but also able to be on the floor for longer now and just kind of made himself into this this legit kind of top level basketball player um so all that credit goes to Nas and uh you know also good to see see another Wolves player on the on the international well I guess technically with select team national stage but ultimately in international basketball which is which is great to see it all right, uh, let's close today by talking a little bit of Luca Garza. He gave an interview related to uh, practicing with Team Bosnia, and he answered a couple of questions that just kind of hinted at some possibilities with the Wolves' final roster spot and final two-way spot. Um, I-, I thought this was interesting. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I-, I thought it was a pretty clear indication that there was an opportunity or a potential future opportunity presented to Luca Garza. So uh, we'll talk about that here next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, so Luca Garza joined the Wolves last year, kind of like right at the start of the season as a as a two way player, and he's already re signed. The Wolves made him a restricted free agent off the two way contract, but he re signed fairly quickly in the off season to another two way deal. Of course, players are allowed to do that twice uh, with with the same team. We saw that with um, who did that a couple of years ago. I think Jordan McLaughlin did initially. Yeah, he did because that was the COVID year before he ended up signing the multi-year deal. Uh, but we do we do see players do that. The Wolves have signed him and they signed this rookie second round pick who's injured, Jalen Clark, the Achilles injury. They're, they're both on two-way deals. But now this year, there is a third two-way deal available. The Wolves also have their 15th actual like um, active roster spot available, right? The, the full NBA contract spot. They have a little bit more than the minimum contract, I believe, in terms of salary cap space to use. So surely the Wolves are waiting to see kind of how everything shakes out. I think one of the things we'll look at in the coming days is how many teams actually have a roster spot or two available and what players are out there because it's a little bit of a musical chairs situation, right? There isn't a whole lot of money left, but there's guys that no doubt are looking for the best situation. And, you know, if a team like I'm I'm speaking in um, hypotheticals here a little bit because I don't have the actual teams and, and roster spots and, and dollars and cap space in front of me, but... Say there's like a team like Houston that has a roster, and I don't know that this is true, but say it's a, it's a bottom feeder like Houston that's got a roster spot and call it $6 million to spend, but you're not going to play. They're probably not going to spend the $6 million, first of all. But if you can get minutes there and get paid, somebody could go there. Or if it's a team like Minnesota that sees themselves as as like a top four or five team in the West, a, a, a true playoff contender with a lot of upside that has a spot, but probably not a role and not a lot of money. Those are two very different things, right? So you've got this list of guys that are still out there that haven't signed and you've got teams, limited amount of teams with roster spots, a limited amount of teams with money. And these players have to decide which what's, what are they prioritizing? And these teams have to decide uh, what are they prioritizing too, right? It's just a giant game of musical chairs at this point. And of course there's two way deals. The Wolves still have the one two way deal left. There are some restrictions on like, um, I think you have to be under four years of of NBA service time, if you will, to be allowed to be in a two-way. It's either four or five. So there are some restrictions there. But in this Luca Garza interview that he gave um, related to playing for Team Team Bosnia, this is with Basket News, and he's he's not playing for them um, in the actual like pre-trial or pre pre-qualification tournament, whatever it's called. But he's uh, practicing with them, working out with them, et cetera. So he gave an interview, a number of things that he covered. Uh, one of the things was that the front office wanted him back to Minnesota and needed to figure out the terms of the contract and what he says is, quote, what the situation is going to be like. Then he was asked, what about it being a two-way deal instead of a standard roster spot? And here's his response. He says, quote, it's not set in stone. For me, it doesn't mean that much. It's about being with the organization and the team. I feel like the rest will take care of itself as I continue to play and show my value. That caught my attention because him saying it's not set in stone means that the Wolves, surely what they said to him, and I'm projecting this, but I, I this makes a lot of sense. They probably said, hey, we want you back. Let's give you a two-way deal now. We're going to keep this last roster spot open. We're going to see how the rest of this market shakes out. If we don't find you know whatever X is that we're looking for for our 15th spot on the roster, we're going to give that spot to you and we'll sign two new two-ways instead of one new two-way. Uh, but if X becomes available, again, I don't know what that is. It could be a specific 3 and D guy. It could be another point guard, whatever. Uh, then you get your two-way deal and you're back. And so Garza, obviously you signed that, right? Because I'm sure his agent called around. There's other teams that 
there probably weren't any other teams saying, hey, we'll give you a standard NBA contract to be on our active roster. It was probably other two-way offers. And at that point, he said, I'll stick with the organization. I know the coaching staff. I know the development program. I know. And, you know, they gave me some minutes last year and they've already told me this year, maybe you'll get a standard contract. That all makes a ton of sense. I'm sure that that's what the conversation looked like. Because think about it this way. The Timberwolves have doubled and tripled down on playing big. Cat and Rudy are both starters. The only backup big with any NBA experience is Nas Reed, right? I mean, Leonard Miller is effectively your next in line at the, I mean, I guess you have Kyle Anderson, but he's going to be in the rotation more at the three than he is at the four. You don't have any other centers. It's Cat, Rudy, and Nas. All three are your top three bigs and they're all natural centers. So it makes sense for Garza. Like Minnesota is a logical place for him to be. He's the next center that in, in that, in that, um, on the depth chart. He's the only other one. Cat, Rudy, Nas. And you have Kyle Anderson and Leonard Miller who are both fours and Luca Garza would be the only other five. So say, you know, God forbid, say Cat gets hurt again. Uh, Nate Knight's not in the picture anymore and obviously neither Knight or Garza saw a ton of minutes last year. But say, so you know, say Cat gets hurt again and Rudy has a minor injury or an illness or he's in a bunch of foul trouble in consecutive games or whatever that might be. Luca Garza may have a path to some minutes. And, um, you know, and of course the Wolves, I mean, I guess if it comes down to it, you could give him a standard deal, but he has limitations. Garza has limitations. He helps you in the rebounding category. He helps you from, uh, uh, you know, he plays really hard, very skilled offensively, but he has to be a little bit higher usage on offense in order to be effective. It's just not generally how the Wolves operate their offense. They don't operate through the low post very much. Uh, even with Rudy and Cat, for as many bigs as they have, that's just not what they do. So uh, Garza is a bit of a strange fit in some respects, but then again, you just need bigs. And so I understand why Garza doesn't mind being in Minnesota right now. And and it sounds like the Wolves probably told him like, hey man, if we don't find someone else for this 15th spot, you're our guy. Worst case, you're on a two-way again. You'll make a little bit of money. You'll play in the in the G League and in the NBA. And you're the next man up if something happens to Cat, Rudy, or Nas. Um, and, and of course, at different times last year, Rudy was the healthiest of the three, but Nas had the broken wrist at the end of the year. Cat had the calf. Um, you never know. I mean, Luca's going to get a chance this year with the Wolves. So go check that interview out at, uh, was it Basket News? Uh, but I thought that was an interesting comment and, and makes sense that the Wolves would have said, hey, there's still an opportunity for you here uh, moving forward in Minnesota and potentially even could get you on a standard contract depending on how the rest of the summer kind of shakes out. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, we're going to talk more Wolves rotation. We're going to talk more new new Wolves later this week. Plenty to get to. Also looking at some additional crossover type episodes, uh, having guests from other shows on, etc. So be sure that you're following and subscribe to Lockdown Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to those that do make us your first listen every day. Of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon at Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and it's free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.